Welcome back to the Crazy Man Podcaster. Well, Israel, man, they're not going to give back the, um, the Gaza. It was ethnic cleansing all the time. They use October the 7th as an excuse. It's like George W. Bush used 9-11 as an excuse to go and invade countries. Everybody who has a fucking conscience know damn well Israel is an illegal state. Because some racist-ass Brits and some Zionists came over with an idea. Hey, let's give your Jews some land because they didn't want them in Europe. I stand with Israel. I stand with Israel. I stand with Israel. Under a fascist regime. Ethnic cleansing the Gaza. Israel is good. It has this Nazi propaganda helping it. I want you guys to listen to these lies. This propaganda being spread from these news shows in America. Execute Israeli civilian hostages for unprompted attacks on Gaza. The United States allowed Israel to kill babies that had nothing to do with October 7th. Americans, politicians didn't give a goddamn about the rise of white nationalism and fascism in America. But now the biggest threat to American security, not white supremacy, but brown people. Check this nonsense out. The outpouring of anti-Semitism that has come in the wake of this attack. I say, I say the outpouring of anti-Semitism. It's crazy. You would think now would be a time where people will be rallying behind our Jewish friends, behind Israel. And in some instances we're seeing it, but in too many pockets, we're, we're not. We're not. And here's just a couple of other examples. Uh, New York pro-Palestinian uh, protest mocking Israelis. This posted on Sunday. I'll just give you a little flavor. It's Sauce 17. There was some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. Every Israeli official said it was a complete surprise. After just a couple days ago, they said that surprise wasn't possible. They said we control every inch of Palestine. They were so arrogant on the land, from the sea, and from the air. The people. That's enough for him. That's enough. We get it. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Chanting, gas the Jews and F the Jews. And I, like, I don't get it. I know, I know it's existed. I just, I guess I didn't fully appreciate just in what kind of numbers and with what fervor anti-Semitism was lurking right beneath the surface. People standing up because what Israel's doing is wrong. It's bombing the shit out of innocent women and children. But for some reason, this little arrogant segregationist doesn't understand that because she's on the side of Zionists. See, we forgot that white nationalism is what it is, racism. For them two to sit there and act like people hate Israel because they're standing up for the Palestinians is fucking ludicrous. You know what she didn't mention? In her little monologue with Ben fucking racist ass Shapiro. One of my favorite things about our, our beloved media is how much time they will spend on a random swastika drawn on a dorm room wall. 
in one of our universities and how little they seem to care about the mass murder of Jews around the world. God, they always gotta be the victim. It's sad when the innocent get caught up into um, politics and the conflict over in the Middle East. Look, those militants, they got in there and killed those people. And I think Netanyahu knew exactly what they was going to do. When you push someone into a corner, they're going to try to fight back. And they're going to fight back with all their might because they don't have nothing to lose. And the Palestinians don't have nothing to lose anymore. They're not going to have a stake. They're going to lose their land. And if Egypt really cared, or Jordan, they will open up their borders and let them people in. Um... Because Israel, man, is going to take the land. So when I hear a politician say I stand with Israel, oh, that Israel lobbying money is talking. So people, we don't have a country that works for the working class. We have a country that works for only those with money and power and influence. They need to convince us that um, our vote counts. It's like a game to them. One side said we're going to fuck up America and take everybody's rights away and then give ourselves tax cuts. They put their boys in power to steal the Supreme Court. Slap the people who put the black man in the White House for eight years in the face by doing that. Now, we think it's just politics. It's not. That's warfare. We're watching two clans in this country fight amongst each other. Those two clans agreed that they must protect Israel at all costs. The Zionist movement in this country um, is, is old, it's big, it's wealthy. I always wanted to know why Jewish politicians is hanging out with Christian nationalists and conservative and Democrat politicians protecting apartheid over there in the Middle East. It's, it's got to be more than just racism. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you allow your ally to ethnic cleanse millions of people? You know they're not going to stop. They're going to go to the West Bank. And we're supposed to be a democracy. And you put up the shield so 
We call out your sins. Now we anti-Semitic. And you started showing how fascist you really are by making sure people don't have jobs. And... <laughs> wow. Hmm. You know, I listen to him, um, politicians. Listen to Hillary Clinton. People who are calling for a ceasefire now do not understand Hamas. That is not possible. We don't understand. Hillary Clinton knows that a lot of Americans don't even understand American history. You think they're going to understand Middle East history? That's why she said, no, we must stand with Israel to finish bombing the shit out of hospitals, women and children, because we don't understand Hamas, the Muslim Brotherhood. <laughs> now, Hillary is a Democrat. Now, this is how they come together. Listen to the Republican side. Cell question is we don't know. We have no border. Hamas could send whoever they want. It's possible Hamas has hundreds or thousands of militants on the interior of the United States ready to bomb hospitals, blow up schools. Blow up schools. They don't need to blow up our schools. We have enough school shootings. And they do not like when you call their white supremacy out. Oh, that's, oh, they can't have that. When you call out what unite them. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. When you stand with apartheid, you're letting me know that you are a racist. Let's stop pretending that we don't know what's going on over there in Israel. Because it pisses me off because you think lying to the American people benefits the American people and does not. Because we all have to live here together. So then you try to play us off of each other. Oh, you anti-Semitic. Oh, there's threats against Jewish synagogues. Oh, there's threats against Muslims. Oh, the both sides narrative. You know, corporate media like to play, folks. A big thing was uh, <clears throat> Israel going to give a four-hour window. So you get three hours and 59 seconds before they continue killing your asses. See, they're ethnic cleansing the Gaza. And when people call it out, they always have a counter-reaction. You anti-Semitic, we stand with Israel, Israel have the right to exist. What about the hostages? No, what about human being lives? It was 1,400 Israelis supposed to die. Maybe 150, maybe 200 hostages, but B.B. let us know he didn't give a fuck about them. He couldn't wait to bomb Gaza. Now they claim that they're looking in holes and tunnels <clears throat> and attics, what's left of attics, bombing out building for the hostages. <clears throat> the only thing that they didn't really bomb up, which they really want to, is the hospitals. So instead of continuing bombing all, because there ain't nothing but one left, and it was too big for you know, to continue bombing at all, but most of it is destroyed. 
They claim that they're looking for Hamas. And then they get the president of the United States, Joe Biden, happy birthday, you racist motherfucker, to go along with their bullshit, their propaganda. Well, we are intelligence. Who the fuck give you? Come on, man. Y'all's intelligence was shitty on October the 7th. But for some reason, your intelligence is working great today. What was it? It was offline? The bullshit. The play. And so I'm thinking, <clears throat> I'm out here fighting for a democracy against white supremacy. Seeing them try to overthrow democracy <clears throat> on January the 6th. <laughs> they put Trump out to dry. They're going after the collaborators. A lot of them still in this House of Representatives and some of my senators and they sit on the Supreme Court. They even in the Bush, I mean the Biden administration. But you notice they put all of that shit aside to stand with Israel and her ethnic cleansing of Gaza. I feel sorry for the families who lost their loved ones in this chess game. But when you're a pawn, you're the first to be sacrificed. In that mental anguish when you know, well, we get a break for four hours, but as soon as that four hours is over, then what? How dare we treat humans in that way? How dare we be so careless and so inhumane and heartless to where we decide that four hours is enough time to just to make sure to, to get you some stuff so that you can live a little bit longer until the bombs hit? How dare we and how dare, how dare we, we, we treat humans as if we don't understand what it's like to be human? We don't. We don't understand what it's like to be human because they don't see us as humans. Listen to how B.B. do his biblical bullshit, convincing Israeli troops and American Christians that what he is doing is a biblical war against the enemy. You know who else have that same mindset? Putin. And you know who else have that mindset in America and in, in, in Hungary and all of those places? White nationalists. They always got to protect the Klan. Here in America, they want to build a border wall. Um, <clears throat> too many brown people coming in because, see, Israel got it down pat. They want to be 60% Israelis and maybe 35, maybe 25% other. They don't want a democracy. They want a Jewish state. Now, the prime minister of Israel, <laughs> whoo, I'm telling you right now, man, that dude quoting biblical bullshit. <sighs> no, he give me gas. <clears throat> So much bullshit.
You must remember what Amalek has done to you, says our Holy Bible. And we do remember and we are fighting our brave troops and combatants who are now in Gaza or around Gaza and in all other regions in Israel are joining this chain of Jewish heroes, a chain that has started 3,000 years ago from Joshua ben Nun until the heroes of 1948, the Six-Day War, the 73 October War, and all other wars in this country are hero troops. They have one supreme main goal, to completely defeat the murderous enemy and to guarantee our existence in this country. We've always said, never again. We're going to end up in a world of hurt. It's sad what's going on over there in the Middle East. Um, a lot of Palestinians and Jews are dying. Why? Because one madman is white nationalist, Zionist government of hardliners just want the land. They don't want Palestinians on the land. And just give them an excuse to throw them off the land. And America is going to stand by Israel to the end. The reason I said it because I listen to corporate media. They're not talking about the bombs that fall on Palestine right now. No, no. They're talking about the hostages that a few militants have kidnapped and taken back to Gaza. But they won't talk about all the killing that the Jews have done to the Palestinians. It's always one-sided with propaganda in American media. This is to the BBC this is to every single mainstream media. I mean, come on, enough, enough, enough. 74 years of this, enough, really enough. It is about time that you report the truth. At the core of it, from my read of it, is that you want to make the point that history didn't start last week. So as briefly as you can, what would you say were the seminal events that are relevant to our understanding of what is happening now? Uh, I'll try and be brief. Very simply, the bulk of the population in the Gaza Strip are not from Gaza. They are refugees who were driven out of their homes in the southern parts of what is now Israel. So the settlements that were overrun on Saturday uh, in many places are in in place of Palestinian towns and villages. Um, that these people whose parents and grandparents were driven into the Gaza Strip. So this is a refugee population made refugees by the Nakba of 1948 in the great majority. The second thing I would say is that they have been imprisoned in a sort of open air prison camp uh, since 2007. Uh, there's been a siege and a blockade. Most people in the Gaza Strip have not been able to leave the Gaza Strip in that time. Most people in the Gaza Strip have been basically subjected to this for much of, if not most of their lives, about half of them are children. And so they've lived their entire life uh, blockaded in an area a little smaller than Detroit. 2.2 or 3 million people. And that's some of the history. Um, there's a much deeper history to the failure, the utter failure of the United States to do anything to resolve this. The efforts of the 90s failed and nothing has been really done since then. There is the failure of the Israeli government to offer any political horizon to the Palestinians over a very long period of time. There are many other things. Why now? And I just want to emphasize again for people who just may be joining our conversation that you're not a spokesperson for Hamas. You're not a Palestinians trying to tell us that they're not the problem. 
colonization is the problem. Ethnic cleansing is the problem. The only thing corporate media hears is Hamas. People are torn into pieces, a head on one side and a leg on the other side. Entire buildings in one block are demolished by bombings. The Israeli pilot of the plane doesn't know that there are people in these buildings. They want Hamas. What do the people have to do with this? Innocent children. What do they have to do with this to be bombarded? Doesn't the pilot know that they are children? Well, they done bombed the shit out of that place. It's a fucking graveyard, northern part. But they're pushing the people towards Egypt. They're going to follow Hamas all the way up to fucking Egyptian's fucking border. And then they're going to start looking for Hamas in the West Bank. Well, there's somewhere here on the West Bank. They're going to get the balls to try to go into Lebanon. Looking for Hamas. This is colonialism, man. America has been drawn into this crap. By listening to people talking about, oh, Israel have a right to defend itself. And when you call that mess out, oh, you anti-Semitic. Oh, you don't like Jews. Oh, oh, Jews are being threatened. That's all cover, man, for their ethnic cleansing of the fucking Gaza. And ethnic cleansing of the West Bank, eventually. This is expansion. And America cannot say she stands up for fucking democracy when she hanging out with a fucking Israeli dictator. ...the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. He'd been working in the Al-Ahli Arab Hospital, which was one of the last functioning hospitals in the Gaza Strip. There was a major airstrike. Over 50 killed on a mosque. I mean, Ali was completely inundated with wounded. Uh, um, and we were operating all through the night. And by the early hours of yesterday morning, we had realized that we have basically run out of um, medication for the anesthetic machines. And we had to stop the operating room. Um, we had finished. Uh, and, and that's when we made the decision. At the same time, in the early hours of the morning, there was heavy bombings all around the hospital. Yeah, really close to the hospital. You could feel the whole building being shot. And we were being, and, and it sounded like tank fire, it felt like areas. Um, and so we made the decision that it was time for at least the operating room staff to be really not going to be able to provide a service to evacuate. And so yesterday morning we left, um, and we could, you could hear the sounds of the tanks around the hospital when we walked out. And we literally walked all the way to Ferrat camp in the central zone. We left there were over 500 wounded in the Persian medical care, but needing surgical intervention that we could not provide because Halasani, we'd run out of medication. We'd run out of, the operating room could, would no, could no longer function. And at the best, there were two operating rooms in it. We were always overwhelmed with the number of wounded the British Palestinian surgeon Hassan Abusita speaking through his surgical mask in Gaza. Um, we've been trying to reach people there, but it's the second straight day of a telecommunications blackout. This is only the latest one. 
to talk more about Israel's bombardment of Gaza. We're joined now by independent journalist Sharif Abdel-Kadus, produced the award-winning documentary, The Killing of Shireen Abu Akleh, for Al Jazeera's documentary series, Fault Lines, and has reported from Gaza for Democracy Now! and other um, uh, outlets. Sharif, it's so important to uh, talk about what's happening there, even as this telecommunications blackout is happening. Also, the leaflets that are being dropped on Khan Yunus, which is where so many thousands of Palestinians have been instructed to go to head south from northern uh, Gaza south. Now leaflets are being dropped there, uh, saying they must move further south. Can you respond to this overall situation? Well, I mean, you have a situation where uh, the northern part of Gaza, north of Wadi Gaza, and, and Gaza City itself, uh, which was home to nearly one million people, uh, is now a hollow shell. Um, most neighborhoods in Gaza City and in northern Gaza in general have been very badly damaged or destroyed. Uh, you have these armored columns of Israeli forces uh, going in and tearing up the roads. Uh, electricity, water, um, sewage infrastructure basically no longer exist. Um, and, you know, there are reports that the, 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 there's the smell of death is everywhere as, as an untold number of bodies are lying under the rubble. Um, the UN estimates that about 2,700 people, including 1,500 children, uh, are missing and believed to be buried under the ruins. And there's reports of the people that have remained in the north digging with their bare hands, uh, trying to find their family members, and the streets have been turned into graveyards. Um, so only a fraction of the people who lived in northern Gaza remain there, and most have been forcibly uh, displaced to the south in scenes that are reminiscent of the Nakba. 1.5 million people have been displaced um, in Gaza. That's nearly double the number that were ethnically cleansed in 1948 and were never allowed to return to their homes. And many of these people are people who are displaced in, uh, or their descendants from 1948. You have to remember that 80% of Palestinians in Gaza are not from Gaza. Uh, they're refugees. Um, so most of the Palestinians in northern Gaza are now packed into the south. Uh, there's no indication if or ever they'll be able to return to the north. Uh, the Israeli military effectively controls m most of the, the northern area. And Gaza, northern Gaza is basically uninhabitable now. You know, it's been destroyed. Um, and there's hardly any aid coming in. Uh, you know, Gaza is now receiving only about 10% of its needed food supplies. Uh, dehydration, malnutrition are growing. Nearly all of the people uh, in Gaza, the 2.3 million people, uh, are uh, in need of food, according to the UN. Uh, and as you mentioned, the communication systems uh, are down now for a second day, and this is a more serious telecommunications blackout because it's the result of no fuel uh, to power uh, the internet and phone networks. So maybe a more permanent uh, communications blackout, and this communications blackout is actually causing disruptions to the little amount of cross-border aid deliveries that were coming in. Um, and as you mentioned, the Israeli forces now have dropped these leaflets uh, just the other day, telling Palestinians in areas east of uh, Khan Yunis, which is a, you know, a bigger city in the south of Gaza, to evacuate. I want to leave it there.
That's what's going on over there in Israel. And Gaza. Israelis is ethnic cleansing the goddamn place. Like I said. Now, it's not the first time America supported terrorism. Because that's what it is. Those journalists there don't get on MSNBC, CNN, and MSNBC. They won't allow them on there. Because, see, those journalists, like this man here, once we survived the bombings and the snipers, they're going to try to tell you the truth. Where's Hamas? I didn't hear this guy talking about there was a lot of street fighting. I didn't hear um, uh, um, house-to-house fightings. He didn't say nothing about that. So where the fuck is Hamas? Where is Hamas? I want to know why Hamas up there defending its people. You know, you start putting some Israelis' troops in body bags. Where is Hamas? They're not around. The reason they're not around, because it was planned. It was planned to do exactly what they're doing. That's why all the propaganda exists. And this is how I know it was planned. Now, that was an independent journalist. You want to know what we listen to when we turn the news on? The news coming from Israel is this. American media talking about the war. So the last estimate, Alicia, from the United Nations was that there was about 300,000 Palestinians still in the northern half of Gaza. Uh, That's down from a pre-war population of more than a million. Um, And what the Israeli military described to us when we were inside of Gaza. Israeli military described to them. That means he's in bed with the Israeli military. So they have their propagandists with this guy telling him what they want us to hear. Not about what's really going on over there, ethnic cleansing. But this is how Zionists has taken over our news on Wednesday is a kind of cascading effect that there is a certain residual population that has been reluctant to leave so far or unable to leave so far because they... Listen to how he words it, his language, his tone, his flow. That's propaganda. Now, he's going to try to paint Israel in a better light. Guarantee it. Here it comes. They have elderly relatives, sick relatives, have not been able to make this frankly perilous journey on foot south through these so-called humanitarian corridors. But what the Israeli military is finding is people who have not responded to this general warning to get out of the north have been responding to specific warnings that the fight is coming to their neighborhood. And they say when they go street to street with bullhorns, saying, listen, we're going to be engaging Hamas in this neighborhood. In the Okay. They attacked the North to get rid of Hamas. Now, since they conquered everything in the North, 
Now they're moving south, using Hamas as an excuse to ethnic cleanse the next village, the next town, the next city. And this is how he's telling us what they're doing. They're looking for Hamas. No, what they're really doing is ethnic cleansing, the Gaza. Coming hours, that often is what people, the sort of last straw, if you will, that, that is what gets people to finally, finally leave. Um, it was striking, it was painful uh, as we stood with Israeli troops on a... Israeli troops again. He stood there with Israeli troops. Remember, this is Israeli propaganda we're listening to. Sand berm on the edge of Salahadin Street, which is normally one of the busiest streets in Gaza City. It is now the route for what Israel is calling this humanitarian corridor. We watched families walking down it, little children with their knapsacks, parents holding on to babies, elderly people in wheelchairs, and they're all going south to this uncertain future. And for Israel, these humanitarian corridors are proof that they are trying to get civilians out of harm. <laughs> they're good with their propaganda. You notice how this guy is sticking to the script? For Israel's, they really trying to, whatever the fuck he was saying, because it didn't make any sense. You just carpet bomb a whole goddamn city and then give a fuck. Because 1,400 Israelis was killed and maybe 150, maybe 200. Who cares? You want to bomb them too. They're collateral damage. But see, we have to listen to shit like this. So they can control how we think about what's going on in the Middle East. And if they do that to us, to cover up the sins that BB and Americans and other allies are doing over there in the Middle East for that natural gas and the land. What else did they lie to us about? They would lie to us about a lot of things. They would lie to us that we're not dealing with white supremacy here in America. They make it seem like it's just political. It is, but it's white supremacy. And that's what BB is doing to the Palestinians. It's political. It's white supremacy. Ethnic cleansing the Gaza. Just like white supremacy here want to overthrow our democracy and set us back 70, 80, 90 years. Come on, man. This shit is crazy. But since we are such a great democracy and we care for human rights, you know, Israel has a right to defend herself. This way that their war is only against Hamas, not against the people of Gaza. But for many Palestinians, this looks and it feels like forced displacement. And it is reopening the deepest national trauma of the Palestinian people, which is being forced from your home, being told one day you'll be able to return when the war is over and when the war ends, finding out that you can never go back and that you are permanently displaced. Uh okay. We are now at the point where Jewish supremacy in the state of Israel is determining the nature and functioning of the Israeli state. Former Prime Minister Ehud Barak has said this government shows signs of fascism. The mayor of Tel Aviv 
has warned that Israel is headed towards a fascist theocracy. And Israel's leading newspaper is publishing editorials expressing concern about what they've called Israel sleepwalking into Jewish fascism. It's official now. Fascism is us. So let's take a closer look at some of the people who constitute this new Israeli government. Bezalel Shmatrik of religious Zionism is the finance minister and minister in the defense ministry who lives in an illegal settlement. Shmatrik is a notorious racist and a Jewish ultra-nationalist. He describes himself quite proudly as a fascist homophobe. Then there's Ben Gavir of Jewish power, previously convicted in Israel of incitement to racism and supporting a terrorist organization. Ben Gavir lives in an illegal settlement in Hebron. Ben Gavir's mentor, Rabbi Meir Kahani, established the Kach movement. This is our country, it is not theirs, I want the Arabs out. They must go. He was committed to the use of specifically Jewish violence to affect such changes. If I were the Minister of Defense, there wouldn't be one Arab left here. Are you encouraging uh, your people to go out on the streets and to attack Arabs as is happening? I call upon the Jews to do anything imaginable and anything possible which will encourage the Arabs to get out of this country. Does that mean attack them? Anything possible. I want them out alive, and if not alive, dead. Kahani's views were so extreme that the U.S. classified Kahani as a terrorist organization in 1997. And Kahani was the inspiration for Baruch Goldstein, another settler from the Hebron settlement who murdered over 20 innocent Palestinians in cold blood. Goldstein's portrait still hangs in Hebron on the wall of Itamar Ben Gavir. <laughs> Ben Gavir is now in charge of the police in the occupied territories. Orit Strock of the Religious Zionism Party is the National Missions Minister. She is yet another leading member of the settler community in Hebron. She said doctors shouldn't be required to treat patients when it contradicts their religious beliefs. This is like a cabinet going back to the Dark Ages, a government of settlers. Settlers who live on illegal settlements across the occupied Palestinian territories. And it is explicit government policy that Greater Israel, which includes the Palestinian territories, belong to Jewish Israelis. The idea of Palestinian territories, of a Palestinian homeland, is total anathema to this Israeli government. As early as 1948, some of the world's greatest Jewish thinkers were already asking questions about Israel and the specter of fascism. In a letter written by Albert Einstein, Hannah Arendt, author of the extraordinary book, The Origins of Totalitarianism, and 26 other prominent Jewish intellectuals in the New York Times on the 2nd of December, 1948, they describe Menachem Begin's political party, Herut, as a political party closely akin in its organization, methods, political philosophy, and social appeal to the Nazi and fascist parties. The letter specifically warns, today they speak of freedom, democracy, whereas until recently they openly preached the doctrine of the fascist state. From its past actions, we can judge what it may be expected to do in the future. Herut was the main right-wing party in Israel from 1948 until 1973, 
when it merged with other right-wing parties to create Likud. In 1993, Benjamin Netanyahu became leader of Likud. As Likud leader, Benjamin Netanyahu demonized the then Israeli Prime Minister and Labour Party leader Yitzhak Rabin for signing the Oslo Peace Accords. <laughs> In 1995, Ben Gavir, the Minister for National Security, responsible for the police today, appeared on television brandishing an ornament stolen from Rabin's car and proudly declared, we got to his car, we'll get to him too. A few weeks later, Rabin was assassinated. The death of Rabin led to the death of the peace process. In 1996, Benjamin Netanyahu became Israeli Prime Minister for the first time. And what he set about doing was the creation of a whole new generation of far-right extremist political leaders in Israel. Despite constant scandal, Netanyahu has been re-elected Prime Minister on six occasions. In 2023, Netanyahu presides over the most right-wing Israeli government in history. Einstein was a Zionist. He was supportive of the creation of the State of Israel. But he was, as he expressed in that New York Times letter, deeply concerned about the sort of country that Israel could become. And it was up to its leaders as to whether it was going to become a democratic, tolerant nation or whether it was going to descend into dark fascism and totalitarianism. And that's what it is today. And America and England and France support it. What that tells you about the countries that support fascist countries. I'm just keeping it real. Fascists will do anything to stay in power, even kill their own people. If it works to influence the... If it sways the population to believe their propaganda. Propaganda had to be so extreme that we actually make you believe. I don't know what kind of world we're going to end up with, but my God. We're dealing with some dangerous people. I would bomb Iran's oil infrastructure. The money financing terrorism comes from Iran. You're saying you would want the United States and Israel to bomb Iran, even in the absence of direct evidence. Yes, I would do a joint military operation. I tell the Iranians today, if the war escalates, you will pay a price. It is now time to dismantle the financing system of terrorism. I don't want to reward them. I want to punish them. Senator uh, Graham has also said that this is a holy war, Senator Haggerty. I mean, I think when I when I start hearing that, I get concerned.